Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck and I'm so happy that you've joined me today. Is it just me or are the flowers more vibrant this year than usual? I, I don't know, maybe it's just because we're coming off of 2020 and things just are, are looking so beautiful out there. The roses, the, all the flowers, the trees are have now all greened out and it's just been an absolutely beautiful spring and I thank God for the spring. I was telling somebody earlier today that the flowers are just so beautiful and the birds are singing and it's like nature is just praising God. And that's awesome to see, awesome to hear. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be praising God at all times, no matter what's going on in our lives. We need to praise him. The past couple of weeks, we have been talking about how to witness. And I've shared different scriptures and different ways that we can witness and how Jesus empowers us through the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. And that's all part of the Great Commission. And after we go and we tell people about Jesus and they come to him, then we have to make disciples. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to make disciples. But before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we praise you. We love you. Thank you, Father, for you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us like you do. Thank you for your mercy and grace and favor, Lord, that you pour out upon us each and every day. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and the salvation that you offer all of us, the forgiveness of sins, the victory over death, eternal life with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you went through all of that for us, to give us the opportunity to be forgiven and to live with you forever. Father, we do thank you for this beautiful spring that you have blessed us with. We thank you that creation is just crying out, just praising you, Lord, through the beauty of your creation. And Father, we just want to praise you and just give you all honor and all glory. For Father, you deserve it all. And may we not give our glory or praise to anyone or anything else other than you, Father God. Father, as we open up your word this morning, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to teach us. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. And we ask you to lead us into all truths. And Father, may we be doers of your word and not hearers only. And Father, may we tell people about you like you command us to and make disciples. As Father, when we do, what a, a rich life we live as, as we're telling others about you, leading them to you through the power of the Holy Spirit working within us, and then having the awesome opportunity to make disciples. It just makes life so much better. And Father, it's always so much better when we obey you. So Father, again, we just want to say thank you. We love you and we praise you. And it's in your holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Since I'm going to talk about how to make disciples, it makes sense that we begin at the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Remember, this is a command from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not a suggestion. He has commanded us to make disciples. Starting in verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
The first thing, of course, is to go. And that's what we've talked about the past two weeks. We must actively be telling others about Jesus and sharing our testimonies. I talked last week about how effective God uses our testimonies to touch lives, and the Holy Spirit works through those testimonies to lead people to Jesus. So we need to share those testimonies. And if you've missed the past couple of weeks, you can check out those messages on our podcast, which are available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So check that out, and you can get caught up on those lessons. So we know we need to go. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to baptize new believers, and we are to make disciples. Who can make disciples? The first thing about making disciples is we have to be willing to commit time. I know time is valuable, but we have to organize, rearrange our time to do the things that our Heavenly Father has called us to do. And Jesus commands us to make disciples, so we need to make time to make disciples. We can't just lead somebody to Jesus and say, good luck with that. I I hope everything works out good for you. We can't just say, hey, just go to church once a week. You'll learn everything you need to know. No, we need to make disciples. Now, we do need to invite people, new believers to church, get them plugged into a local body of believers But we need to make disciples. We can't just leave it for the pastor to do it because he's up there sharing those Sunday morning messages and sharing what God's put on his heart. But there's a lot more that goes into disciple making than just listening to a sermon once a week. Those sermons are very important, but we have to do our part. We can't make excuses by saying, I don't have time. So don't even let that excuse enter this conversation. We all can schedule time, our personal time with God. We have to, as I mentioned last week, we have to be intentional about having our own personal time with God, and we need to be intentional about making disciples. And as I've said many times, God has given us everything that we need to live this life for him, everything. All that's missing is our trust and our obedience. We must trust Jesus, believe He will do what he says he will do. As we read in the Great Commission, he has commissioned us. So we need to trust that he has commissioned us. He tells us he will always be with us, always to the end of the age. And he tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that he's given us power, power through the Holy Spirit, and we can be his witnesses. And with that power of Jesus Christ living in us through the Holy Spirit, we can make disciples. He gives us everything. We, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, just need to trust him and be obedient to his word. And we have to remember, he's not going to tell us to do anything that we're not able, we're not capable of doing. He commands us to do it, so that's what we need to do. And he is always with us. That's that's something we, we really need to just meditate on and get it deep in our hearts that Jesus is always with us. We're never alone in doing this, so we can do it because he gives us everything that we need. And when we are born again in faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we become children of God. And as children, we need to obey him because we're grateful. We're grateful for God the Father adopting us into the family, into his family, through his son Jesus Christ, and that Jesus paid the price for that to give us eternal life. So just out of obedience of God's goodness, we can do what he tells us to do, but we have to be obedient. 
John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So do we truly love Jesus? If so, we must be obedient. And we also need to remember that his commandments are not burdensome. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And they truly aren't. They're truly not burdensome. Everything Jesus commands us to do is to bring glory to the Father and is for our betterment. It's not about a list of what we cannot do. So many times people think, well, if you're going to be a Christian, you got this huge list of things that you cannot do. Well, it's not about that. It's about what we are privileged and honored to do, to live this life for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to come into a closer and closer and closer relationship with God the Father, like he intended for it to be from the very beginning. And as we get closer to the Father, and he promises as we draw close to him, he draws close to us, this life just gets even more amazing, even when we go through tough times, because we all do and we all will, knowing that we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we're growing closer to him. It makes even the bad times better. And living for him is an awesome life. As I've mentioned so many times before, I lived a life that was not for him. And I've been living for him since 1989. And it's been just incredible, step by step by step, year by year. Life gets better and better. It doesn't get easier, but it gets better. Because Jesus, he is the life, and he's the only true life. And this is the best life we can live when we're being obedient to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's now talk about making disciples. Think of a new believer in Jesus like a baby. A baby doesn't know how to do anything, right? Babies must be taught. They must be trained. So let's talk about what a babe in Christ needs. Someone who is new in Jesus, what they need. It's the same thing that we need, except they need to be taught how to do it. John chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We are all God's creation. We've heard it said by others that we're all God's children, meaning everybody in the world's God's children. Well, that's not true. That's simply not true. We are all his creation, for he has created all men and women, after his own image. But we become a child of God when we trust in his son, Jesus Christ. And those who trust and believe in Jesus are children of God. As a newborn child of God, we have needs. And let's look at this first need. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, 
whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything praiseworthy, think about these things. So what does a newborn child of God needs? Prayer. And also needs to think about what we're thinking about, right? And that's why Paul's telling us to think about things that are true and honorable and just. The Word of God tells us to take captive every thought. Because the battle of the mind, that's the great battlefield, isn't it? And so we need to take captive every thought. And those that aren't about God, those that don't line up with his word, we need to just throw those away. And he tells us here to to think about those things that are honorable and just and pure, lovely, commendable, excellence, worthy of praise. Those are things we should think about. So somebody who is new in Christ, we need to tell them that. We need to think about what we're thinking about. And that we need to pray to God. We need to learn how to pray to God. Because prayer is like oxygen to a Christian. Whether you're a newborn believer or you've been walking with them for 80 years, prayer is like oxygen for a believer. It's the main line of communication between God and us. And prayer results in peace and a guarded heart. Don't we all need that? Don't we all need peace and need our heart guarded? Well, prayer brings that to pass. Prayer, God makes that happen as we pray to him. We need to teach new believers how to pray. And how do we do that? Well, one way is be sure you are praying in front of that new believer or new believers if if you're discipling more than one. Pray for them. And as you pray, they hear you. And they start understanding what prayer is about. So pray out loud for those who you are discipling. Let them hear you praying. And be sure that they're around others who pray for them and who pray for for groups of people or individuals of people. One thing I do in addition to praying with those that I'm discipling is take them out on outreaches uh, with our Love and Action team. And that's important because they will hear different members of our team praying for groups of people as well as one-on-one with people. And that's so important because they they get to hear how we're praying. Because if you just tell somebody, hey, you need to pray to God, that's pretty intimidating. (laughs) Because if you don't know anything about God except that you know that he sent his son Jesus and he died for you, he came back to life for us all, and we've trusted him as our Savior and Lord. But when you tell somebody, okay, you need to pray to God, that can be pretty intimidating because God, the maker of heaven and earth, the great creator, a new believer is thinking, I'm I'm supposed to talk to him? Is he even interested in, in hearing what I have to say? And of course he is. But a new believer doesn't really understand that. And so we need to teach them how to pray. You may say, Ken, I don't have a ministry that I can take people on outreaches with. Well, one, you can get involved with ministries and bring your disciples along with you, whether it's a ministry at your church, whether it's a ministry like Love in Action. You can bring them, be involved, and and show your disciples how important it is to be involved in kingdom work. But you can also show them as you go out to restaurants or coffee houses or wherever you go, and you can offer to pray for people, and they will hear you offering to pray for somebody. And they will hear you praying for them. And it makes a huge impact when you do that. Not only on those who you're praying for and on yourself as well, but for those who you are discipling. 
And it's important to take them to church because, they, again, they need to connect with a local body of believers, and they will hear people praying in church. And so, again, that's another way they're listening. They're, they're hearing people pray to the Father, and it, that teaches them. And even the disciples of Jesus ask him to teach them how to pray. That's how important prayer is. They, they saw Jesus praying. He would always go off and pray. And so they came to him in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke writes, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And I encourage you to read the rest of that. Read through verse 13 as Jesus went on to teach them how to pray. And we call that the Lord's Prayer. And you can read that with the person or the people you're discipling. Read them, that prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, because that's Jesus teaching, and you're just not going to find a better teacher (laughs) than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, is a great piece of scripture to share with someone you're discipling. I'm currently teaching a discipleship class at Love and Action. Uh, the discipleship method that we teach and use is called training for trainers, or short, it's T for T. The letter T, the numeral four, the letter T. And at the beginning of this current class that's going on, one of the women said, I don't know how to pray. And I said, don't be ashamed of that, because a lot of people don't know how to pray. But I assured her that she will learn how to pray and she has. And now when we're on our outreach, I see her praying for people. And she's so excited about it. And I'm so excited about it because it's just awesome seeing someone step out and pray for somebody. And they've never prayed before. And they've definitely never prayed for anybody else before. And they're excited about it. And, and that excitement just spreads out through the whole team. And it's just awesome seeing her pray for somebody. And don't think that you have to be this big extrovert to do this, right? (laughs) Because you don't have to be. You just have to be willing to obey Jesus and know that he's with us and he can pray. Many of the people who I've been blessed to disciple, they're not extroverts. Now, I would consider myself an extrovert, but many that I've discipled are not. But I see them growing in Christ, praying for others, praying for a group of people. I remember one young man he was asked to pray in front of a a church, a large church. And this young man was extremely shy and very much an introvert. But he learned how to pray, and he prays for others. And when he was asked to pray in front of this large gathering, he did. And I was so excited and, and just so thankful for what God was doing in his life and continues to do in his life. He's a dear brother and I, I love him tremendously, and it's been, been awesome discipling him uh, over the years. And that's one thing about discipleship. You get people to a certain point, and you release them into going out and going on their own, but there's still times of discipling. Discipleship is it's a lifestyle, and you just end up living life with people. Now, there's some folks like, for example, Martha and I have been overseas and have taught discipleship overseas. Most of those people we're obviously not living life with right now because we're not in India, for example. We're in Dothan, Alabama. But the senior pastor over there, I'm in contact with him 
if not daily, almost daily. And so through technology, we're able to live life together. So you still get to teach and continue to disciple others. But it's just so exciting when you see a new disciple in Christ step out and start sharing their testimony, start praying for others. It's just awesome. I love to see that. So we know that we need prayer and we need to teach these new believers, these new disciples of Christ, the importance of prayer and how to pray. So what else does a babe in Christ need? As we mentioned, oxygen, but we also need food. Again, air or oxygen, that's prayer. But we also need food. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. But he, that's Jesus, let me set this up first. Jesus is in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. Jesus always attacks back with the word of God. And so this is Jesus answering Satan. But he answered, that's Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Reading daily, the word of God is like food for all believers, newborn as well as those of us who have been walking with Jesus for a long time. We start out with the milk, the basics, and then we get to work our way up to the meat, the steak, the filet, <laughs> the deepness of God's word. Now, don't ever expect to understand every single thing that God has told us because he is God. But step by step, as we grow in him, the Holy Spirit teaches us more and more and more. The depths of God's love for us is just incredible. And as we go through this life living for him, we get to learn more and more about him because that's what's best about that relationship. As I mentioned earlier, our relationship with God the Father. But we've got to have food and we have to ask ourselves, are we ourselves feeding on the word of God daily or are we starving our spirit See, we can't be starving and try to teach somebody how to feed themselves. We need to be feeding ourselves, and then we can teach others how to feed themselves as well. If we only depend on the pastor to feed us once or twice a week, we're going to starve spiritually. It's just like physically. If we only ate once or twice a week, one meal or two meals every week, we would be very hungry in between those two one or two meals, right? Well, spiritually, it's the exact same way. We need that teaching at church. We need to go to our houses of worship and be fed the word of God. But between those services, we need to be feeding ourselves. We need to be in God's word daily. Because if we don't, spiritually, we're going to starve. And we're not going to live that full life in Christ that God desires for us to live. We have to be in God's word every day, reading his word, studying his word on our own. And I encourage people all the time to read God's word daily and study his word. And we have the best teacher ever. He's the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 25. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's why I pray before we dive into God's Word each week. When I sit down to study God's Word on my own, I pray and I ask the Holy Spirit to teach me because that's what, that's what He does. That's one of the many things that He does is teach us, and He will bring back to remembrance. So as we're sharing the gospel with somebody, as we read His Word, the Holy Spirit teaches us. 
And then as we share God's word with others, the Holy Spirit will bring that word back to remembrance and we can quote scriptures that we didn't really realize that we remembered. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit working. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. See, the Spirit will re- reveal God's word to us. And the things of God, the Holy Spirit will reveal that to us. We just have to trust the Holy Spirit, depend on the Holy Spirit. First John chapter 2, verse 20, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. So we are anointed with the Holy Spirit, and He teaches us. That's how we get knowledge of God's Word, is being in His Word and the Holy Spirit teaching us. So we need to trust in the Lord. As Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your way straight. So trust in the Lord with, with all your heart. Don't lean on our own understanding. We need to lean on His and let the Holy Spirit bring that understanding to us. So we need to make sure those that we're discipling understand this. Use these scriptures to show them that the Holy Spirit will teach them. We just need to trust Him. We need to ask Him to teach us, and He will. James, in James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lack, lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. We're going to get wisdom from God's word. And when we want wisdom, we just have to open it up, ask the Holy Spirit to teach us, and he will give us wisdom. He will give us knowledge. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and teach those you're discipling to ask the Holy Spirit to teach them when they sit down to read God's word. Another thing to remember is as we are making disciples, we need to teach them how to teach others. So as we're teaching them how to pray, then tell them, look, take notes so you can teach others as well because you need to go and make disciples just like Jesus commands us all to do. So they need to understand that they're part of the disciple-making process. They're becoming disciples, and then they're going to make disciples. And we always keep learning, no matter how long we're living with the Lord. We keep growing as a disciple of Christ. Never think that, hey, I know everything because then you're in trouble keep we got to keep growing in the word of god and i want to encourage you if your church has discipleship material then get copies of it and you can use that to help you teach those that you're discipling you can also visit our website for more information about t for t that we teach that's the again that's the discipleship method that we teach you can go to loveinactionministries.com backslash t for t that's loveinactionministries.com backslash T4T. That's the letter T, the number four, and the letter T. You can read more information about that discipleship method and even download the course material, the introduction and the, the course material. It's also important to remember, it's not just about being in a classroom setting. It's about teaching, yes, but we need to show them as well. Always look at how Jesus discipled. Look how he made disciples. He would teach them. We would see him teaching his disciples when we read the Gospels. But then he also takes them with him out into the mission field, and he shows them by example, and then he sends them out. So he teaches, he shows by example, and he sends them out. And that's how we need to make disciples. 
So it's not just about a classroom setting. It's about teaching, showing by example, and sending them out. We're out of time. (laughs) We will continue next week about how to make disciples. I hope this is helping. And I just pray that we will all just understand that we need to be about our Father's business. Now, Christianity isn't just about work. It's about it's about growing in relationship with God the Father. It's about knowing Him more, knowing Him better, getting closer and closer to Him. But it's also about telling others and about making disciples. So I just want to encourage you to look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and to see how Jesus commands us to go and make disciples. And let's do it. Let's go out and make disciples. Well, thank you again for joining me this morning. If you have any questions, please email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com or call 334-494-4995. Hope you have a great rest of the day, a great week coming up. I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.